0: Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. My name is Matthew. Now before Abraham, Ali and I recap episode five of Survivor Cambodia, Second Chances, I wanted to let you all know that a reliable source has informed Survivor Now podcast of the alleged title for the next season of Survivor Australia, also known as Australian Survivor. You can watch and listen to the three of us, plus Randy share our expectations and reservations about the potential new season by joining our super fan membership for 2.99 per month. That's right, 2.99 a month. In fact, all of our membership tier level prices have changed. So make sure uh, for 99 cents a month, you can join as a casual fan for 2.99 a month, a super fan. And if you join for 5.99 a month, you will receive the tribe membership. So pay no attention to the prices listed in the graphic below. And if you are currently unable to join as a channel member, but you still want to support our channel, you can do so by subscribing to our YouTube channel, liking this video, leaving comments, and following us on Instagram and threads at Survivor Now Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Survivor Now Pod. I'm just excited to get into this episode. So we started off with uh, Angor and it's night 11 and Wu is very thankful to not have been voted out. We also see Abby talking to talking about giving Wu a second chance, um, but we also see Tasha and Savage celebrate. So how, how is the tribe doing so far at this time? I feel like Savage and Tasha
1: are probably very happy because they're kind of on this high of like, we were at the bottom and now we're on the top, even though they had a very fractured fall. Um, but I feel like you see this thing happening with kind of Tasha and Savage channel all that, but then also you see Abby who was like, I was controlling the boat. And I don't know if it's my perspective. However, I feel like if Abby wanted to go, wanted to save Varna, I feel like Tasha and Savage last round regardless would have voted for uh, Varna to go home and we would still be here regardless so i like for me i feel like there is this happiness but i feel like for Abby it's like smoke and mirrors like she's she's happy but she's not really seeing the bigger picture of it
2: you know in, in the game of survivor it's always going to be it's always going to be tribes that play in the game of survivor and tribes waiting to play the game of Survivor. And we see where Tasha and Savage are playing the game of Survivor. What can we do? How can we do it? How we, we kind of push people? And Tasha already says she is really trying to manage Abby. Abby is, is a handful. You got Savage. You don't have Woo yet. You're waiting to get Woo. The vote brings Woo back to the family. But you see that, hey, two of them was going to go. Well, one was going to go. You only needed one to help out. So... The rest of the tribes that are not playing because they haven't had to vote anybody out, they haven't really played Survivor yet because you don't really see how something happens until you vote somebody out. But we see where Savage and Tasha came in at the bottom and now they got control of their own tribe now. And they just really just kind of maneuvering through because really now when you start losing people, you're just trying to get to the merge. So you're trying to figure out everything to get to the merge. And man, they're playing a masterful game.
1: Also, sorry, just one one note that I wanted to mention as I forgot. The one part when they were talking about, obviously, the vote and stuff, and it was nighttime, the one thing that did make me chuckle is they were all talking. They were like, oh, Varner is Varner's in such a better place now. He's
0: like, they were almost talking like <laughs> I was like,
1: he's just gone to Ponderosa. <laughs>
0: I just found that really fun. <laughs> oh, yes. I caught that. But some may say Ponderosa, not to win a million dollars, but overall is a better environment than staying on the islands. Um, I found that to be very funny as well. And to your point, Abraham, I really love, we hear Tasha say this a little bit later in the episode, but she says, hey, being on the bottom and working your way to the top is all a part of this game. And I have to say as a viewer, I like those storylines more than just someone who is dominant the entire time, both are, you know, great make for great winner edits in the end, regardless of which path your game takes. I have to say, as a viewer, I like the fight up to the top.
2: Yeah, I like to say, look, it ain't nothing better than an underdog. So we get a chance to see what the underdogs play like. Um, but hold on, I got to talk about Ponderosa, even though we're not dying at Ponderosa when we get there, we are mentally exhausted, and you're just getting more and more displaced with your thoughts because you you're trying to figure out why you got voted out and then you're waiting for that next person so for them it's three days they got to sit at ponderosa for three days and wait to see if the next person is and you're just hoping it's one of your tribe members you're just hoping so oh, just bring my tribe member here because now you're you're just kind of replaying the whole game over and over again don't get me wrong Now you do have a great time at ponderosa but it's not like you're not your mind is still playing the game so that's kind of interesting now,
0: is it the same Ponderosa that the players who get voted out at Merge go to and they just keep everyone separated?
2: No, we're all separated. So what they do is you you have the first Merge. People that don't make Merge, they're in one group. Um, and for us, I know we left. And for all the seasons after us, they either move us to uh, the main island for Fiji because it's the main island versus the islands that we shoot on. Um, and then the next group, the ones that's actually going through the actual process of voting and determining who's going to get the actual win, they're the one and they have to the roast by themselves.
0: Got it. Well, oh, that's super fascinating. Now let's go over to Buy On, and talk about this fun little exchange. We have Monica, Kimmy, and Kelly Wigglesworth. Uh, they're oh, going to go. It's good. They they go clamming in the morning, um, which is pretty. That's awesome that they have um, clams so easily available to their beach. But there seems to be uh, a little disagreement about how many clams they should take at for the possibility of depleting the entire ocean of clams. Ollie, how do you feel about this exchange? Monica had a damn point, Timmy. It's a damn clam.
1: When <laughs> I was first of first of all, I will say, I did enjoy the fact that we saw Monica, Kimmy and Kelly kind of being the providers and kind of showing that thing of like, do you know what? It's not just kind of the Aussie archetypes, the Malcolm archetypes that have to come and provide for the tribe. Like, everyone can do that. Um, but yeah, like, when I was watching this, like, I do feel like Monica was making like, smart points in the sense of if we're going to be here for a while, and I kind of agree with it, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't want to just grab everything and eat it because we run the risk of having to stay there for however many extra days and then being depleted of food and it was quite funny because during the exchange obviously Kimmy was like oh I'm not being I'm not gonna be more emotional like I'm not gonna do all this yet she was being emotional and I was like she's the same girl from season two and there was one quote that I remember her saying which was um I'm not used to giving, um, she's not used to giving me an opinion when it's not welcome. But the whole game is about listening to people's opinions and even if you don't agree with them, just letting it go by and just, but I feel like with Kimmy, it's kind of like, if she doesn't like the opinion, she's going to cut it down and it's like, that's where then the animosity comes from. So in my mind, I do think like Monica handled it really well as opposed to Kimmy who was just like, She's getting on my dad's
3: nerves.
2: And I'm like, she, she's just talking about clams. clam, babe. She's just a clam. <laughs> look. I, I, <laughs> he said in clams. I, look, I, as you can see, Kimmy is in my picture to the right over here. And, and here's the thing. I, I got to go against Ali on this one. There is no way that they were just going to overfish the clams. No way. I mean, you're literally talking about you just grabbing every clam every day, 24 hours a day. It's ocean. There's always going to be food in the ocean. But you know if you get hungry, then you got a problem, because now you got to actually go out there and get the clams. And here's where you got to manage your yourself. Survivor is an interesting game, because now you're seeing where people are starting to break down playing the game to just managing their own personalities, where Monica's like, hey, we shouldn't do this right here. But that's Monica's personality. And Kim is like, look, man, there's plenty of food here. We can eat and we can compete. We only here for uh, X number of days. We're not going to deplete it in that amount of time. And then you start saying, well, Kimmy played in season two, well, season two, season three. And here's where we start to see the difference in playing styles where people are like, you know what, I'm already fed up with you. And here's the thing. The funny part about it is they're winning. They're not losing when they got to vote anybody out. They're winning. So here's a fine line between saying, you know what, I'm just going to let that ride for now. Or am I going to address the fact that she's getting on my nerves?
0: And I think Kimmy even said that at one point, she said, if my biggest problem out here on the beach is Monica, then I'm doing all right. And I think that's a good way to look at it, right? If they hadn't gone to tribal at the end of this episode, they probably, you know, Kimmy probably would have kept the piece going for as long as she was able to. Um, I'm sort of in between both of you at this point. You know, I do think to some extent, you know, maybe there could have been a compromise. Maybe they move the clams a little bit closer to shore so that they have easy access to them at a future moment, right? Maybe they could have agreed to do that. But I also, at times I was like, Monica, you know, like it, it seems like you're not getting anywhere with Kimmy, maybe just best to let it go. We have Rob in the chat who says, that their biggest problem with this episode is Kimmy not understanding sustainable fishing. <laughs> and as a reminder, if you would like to engage with us as we do our live streams, because we do record these lives, please feel free to join us the next time we do an episode. So thanks, Rob. I know it was a, some, it was a very funny moment.
2: Here's some inside. So here, here's the thing, especially for Fiji. I can only speak to Fiji, I wasn't somewhere else. There were two types of crabs in Fiji. Um, one was a rock crab crab, which was easier to catch. And it was pretty it's pretty meaty, so it was an easy crab to catch. And then there's the ones that are on the rocks that are moving at light speed. There was no way we were ever going to catch all those crabs. Now, the other ones were a little slower, easy to catch. But those, those other ones, yeah, you could cook them, you could eat them, but you, you had to put some work in. So I don't think anybody, for those short amount of time, 30 days or 29 days or whatever, you're, you're not going to outdo the ocean. The ocean still is going to come up number one.
0: And Abe, I have to ask because it's a very timely question when it comes to global survivor. Were you ever nervous that anyone was going to poison you?
2: <laughs> Let me tell you something. Here's what you will find out if you if you subscribe to one of our our channels. Somebody poisoned themselves. This is what you. This is behind the scenes. Somebody really. You just don't eat everything, and they 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 ate some stuff they shouldn't have eaten. Well, I wouldn't have eaten. I didn't eat it anyway. Um, but sure enough, made it made him sick. So I think it's more so of you will poison yourself versus being poisoned.
0: <laughs> That's a good note. I always get worried with food. So I know if I'm out there, I'm like, can I please get some sort of meat thermometer out here or something just to check? Um, but let's, let's move on to the reward challenge. No. So definitely not at the reward challenge. We get three conjoined members from each tribe will roll a barrel carrying the fourth member of their tribe towards a series of flagpoles. At each flagpole, the person in the barrel will get out and retrieve a bag of balls by uncoiling a rope. Once all three bags of balls have been collected, a member from each tribe will play Survivor Ski Ball and attempt to land all of their balls on the board. The first tribe to finish wins comfort items like blankets, chairs, and hammocks, as well as some refreshments when they return to camp. And the second tribe to finish doesn't win all of that, but they do win a tarp. It's hard now Jeff calls Sierra out for not doing well at this challenge in blood versus water so we're seeing a lot more of the the hints of hey we're doing challenges that we've done in the past that all of you have failed at <laughs>
2: yeah messy messy jeff is always available to to just stir the pot I, I love it I first of all I love this challenge because now you have to select the right people not to sit out the previous challenge. So they could play in this challenge and you don't know what's coming up. So you get there and we see that Sierra's in the in the uh she's in the barrel, and you gotta remember you're getting dizzy in that barrel. Then you gotta get out that barrel, then you gotta try to unwind stuff, and then you got Jeff just narrating on the background saying you're doing the worst, you're in dead last. And you have to suppress the one to throw something and hit him in the head because it's like, come on, man, we know we're doing bad. And you see Sierra is doing bad again. <laughs> yeah. You mean Monica? Monica no, in Sierra
1: was in the barrel Kelly Wentworth was in the barrel no? Kelly
0: Wentworth was in for Takeo, yeah. Well, she, yeah. Kelly Wentworth was, was doing the uncoiling this, and then Monica oh, was Sierra. The I'm i for yeah. Dion.
1: I But I do love the kind of, we are seeing this thing of, that bring in um, challenges back where at least one person has some sort of redemption story to oh, it. It, it. It brings that nice kind of second chance thing into the kind of challenge challenges, which is nice to see. Um, I, I think you can kind of see with the first kind of part of the challenge where people, how people kind of judged it. Like you can see Bayon went for just the tiniest. Um, you went, you saw kind of, um, Takeo went for, I don't want to say tiniest because I think Kelly is like one of the tallest ones there. Um, but they went for more agile and kind of who, could still fit in there and still part, like, participate well. And then obviously Angor had Woo. So he's just like, he's like, Mr. Amazing can
2: somehow do everything. And I'm like, how? Look, I can't get in that barrel. So I'm, not, I'm not getting in that barrel. I can't fit. <laughs> so no. I'm too tall. Too tall, it man. was so
0: funny watching all of them try. You could kind of tell that they were trying to, like anyone who was in a barrel, was trying to rearrange their positioning. Each time they got in to see what would work better, so there were times where I would see like Wentworth's ponytail and like her legs sticking out. There were other times the arms were sticking out. It was hilarious, and I have to say, um, my favorite moment was when Monica got stuck upside down, and that's all she that I'm upside down, and <laughs> to pull her out.
2: Look, yeah. you're dizzy. You, you, you dizzy? You dizzy is hot. <laughs> you in a barrel?
0: Um, oh, I we have do to see
2: also- Joe. We do see Joe this time. Joe, Joe is in the challenge. We see him this time.
0: We do see. We see quite a lot of Joe, as well as some other people we haven't seen confessionals from this episode. So I can't wait to talk about more of those people as they uh, come up. So we get a little bit more in the challenge. I think we sort of talked about a lot of the highlights. Um, we have Jeremy, Keith, and Wu who are shooting the balls at the end of the challenge once they get there. Um, Jeremy eventually lets Spencer step in do you think there's some sort of strategy in terms of just knowing when it's not working anymore or you have to switch out with another tribe member we see some people get a little defensive when it's time for them to switch out and refuse to do so
1: yeah I think so I think it's it's knowing your strengths as a person and if you can tell that you're struggling and like if you're kind of if you can shout with the back like does anyone feel confident if they say yes and you know that you're not tap out like I definitely think the good, the one thing I always appreciate when I see Jeremy is Jeremy is quite a humble player. He knows his strengths and he knows his weaknesses. And I think he could tell very much there he was struggling and Spencer clocked it and Spencer went swap and Jeremy just went, yeah, let's do it, which I kind of appreciated with Jeremy. I know that there are many players that are like, kind of have that um, thing on their shoulder, like, nope, it's me. I have to do it no matter what. So
2: I do appreciate. I'm gonna ride, ride, ride this ship to the ground. Yes,
0: yeah. <laughs> it was a nice moment for their story. Also, we do see more of it, but it just like it seemed like they have each other's backs, especially in the challenge.
2: I think you want to you want to build currency, and not you don't want to take the L directly. But if you got to take a L, take one on a reward challenge. That's the time to take a L. But if you want to switch out, I think Spencer did a good job. He said, "Look, I noticed Jeremy's not doing too well. Let me go." Spencer really only had to land one or two balls because all you had to do is either beat what Jeremy did or try to match what he did. And then you basically was going to run out of time. But we do see where Keith uh, didn't switch out and Keith won his um, doing it himself. So we got a chance to see Keith play. We got to see Keith uh, win. Uh, we see Wu. Wu is definitely saying, hey, I can get it done. Um, and you're right. Ollie. Some people's pride get into the way of I know I can do this. The problem is you run out of time. Because you're competing against two other tribes now, and you don't have that 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 much time on that type of challenge. You're just rolling the ball, but it was I mean, it was a great challenge. I mean, everybody had to be involved, um, and you kind of say, "Well, how hard is it roll the ball?" Yeah, it's kind of hard. Also, for Wu,
0: who had been in the barrel spinning and getting dizzy, to be the one to shoot the balls for Angor, I I wanted to applaud Wu. I thought I thought. Thank goodness that it worked out for their tribe. Um, and I think it's all the more proof that keeping him was the correct choice.
2: Now, Over. some people might be saying if you if you get a tarp, oh, man, they only get in tarp. When you're in a rainy environment, the tarp is the difference between having a good night's sleep and just being miserable. And we've seen different episodes of Survivor, different seasons where our tarp made the difference in just comfort. Uh, so. Don't, discourage that, don't discredit that tarp, that, that tarp as like, oh, it's just a tarp. No, uh, even for our season being in, it rained in Fiji, but you also got the palm frond trees, don't keep rain off of you. They might keep the sun out your face, but they ain't keeping no rain off you.
0: That's good to know. I mean, it goes to show that having something as seemingly little as a tarp goes such a long way in terms of boosting camp morale. Now, so Takeo wins. Uh, first place. So they win the comfort and luxury items. And as we mentioned, Angor wins the tarp coming in second place. Um, Takeo, I don't think Takeo really needs any of this stuff. They got Joe. They have their hammocks. They have their poolside luxury. People are serving fruit on platters to them. So with this stuff, I am really eager to see what Joe can come up with, with all of these
2: materials. Oh. They live in a good life. But here's the thing about it is as long as you don't lose, you don't really play the second half of the game of Survivor because you don't start playing until you start losing. Then you start really playing. Right now, you're just enjoying being on the beach, hanging out, talking, getting to know your castmates, talking about your different seasons and stuff. When people start losing challenges, then we're going to start seeing people start playing the game of Survivor.
0: Yeah, we learn, uh, you know, when we see buy and go to tribal, they kind of also talk about how now is the time where we get to see where everyone everyone uh, is aligned so I think you're definitely right that's why I don't think going to tribal is necessarily something that should scare a player that might I think that that may hold players back from acting in the way that they should at tribal or getting you know the strategy that they need however you definitely want to avoid it as much as you can you know to protect yourself. Yeah. definitely definitely to the merge and then it's an individual's game and spencer touches on something about the difference between the tribal game which we're at now and the individual game at tribal council that i'm also excited to talk to both of you about so we go back to camp and it's day 12. you know what's funny now that i'm paying more attention as i'm taking these notes to the days the number of days that they've been there so far it's feeling so, not the episodes, they're exciting, but understanding that we're only on day 12 out of 39 feels so insane to me, especially up, being this far along in episodes.
2: Yeah. So it's a we long get time. To, it, it is. Days, them days move like snail hours.
0: Abe, having done this before, could you imagine doing like Australian Survivors? I think, what was it? It was like Yeah. It's like 44. Well, yeah. days.
2: It's you talk about almost a month and a half. And here's the thing about it is, when you're doing something, it's great. It's when you're not doing anything that you're driving yourself crazy, because you you always got to have some level of playing the game, even though you might just want to lay on the beach that day, because you don't you're not doing anything. But you still got to always have that level of understanding that you're in a game and you constantly have to play. Now, you can always feel secure because you got three or four people and they're good to go. And we see that where we see Jeremy and them talking, saying, hey, let's just keep this four. No, we see it with Keith. Keith and his group are saying, no, let's just keep this four. Um, We see Terry that's out there in the ocean, and Terry has already been identified as a sacrificial lamb for for the next vote. So they're kind of relaxing and enjoying themselves. So when you have that type of initial support when you're playing the game, you're good. But if not, you're just steady playing. We see Spencer... And we see Kim, who are two players from a different tribe. They're just waiting to have to go to tribal council to see what their fate's going to look like. And you don't find that out until you vote. So it's it's, the longer the game goes, the more you got to figure out how to manage yourself and manage the game itself.
0: All good points. All good points. Now, if you're joining us in the live chat or you're watching this after the fact, I'm curious to know what is your ideal game length if you were going on the show? 22 39 plus for the <laughs> Abe's giving the thumbs up plus for the global uh survivor uh, survivor seasons let us know in the chat I'm very curious so and we're celebrating as you've hinted at Abraham we're seeing the divides which really is everyone against Terry and Kelly is thrilled by this Kelly wentworth
1: yeah I, I assume Kelly was always gonna be by it because but I think especially when you saw the swap happen I can kind of see this naturally progressing because especially when you look to Terry's confessionals he was very much we've got a killer tribe why do I even need to worry it's great and he was he went back to Panama Terry which was challenges we saw it no need to worry about game <laughs> and then we've seen it come kind of come back to bite him where he's like I'm gonna go do this, there's all good. We're not even gonna be strategizing. And he's off, and all five of them have gone, we're together. So I do feel like <laughs> a it's it's that thing where he's gotten too comfortable, and he's let the, he's let the game element go like this, and he's letting the survival, like the survival part creep in. Um, and yeah, i kind of be like Kelly as well. I'd be like, good, helps them out, because then she has that chance to talk to Joe, talk to Keith, talk to Sierra, talk to Cass, and build relationships so that you know if Terry does go, she's gonna make sure that she's not the next.
2: Kelly just a Kelly's just a bus driver right now. She's just driving the bus running over people. But she she <laughs> she has a we gotta remember she also has a hidden immunity idol too that no one knows about. So she has an ace in the hole that she could play if her name comes up or it feels like somebody may be voting for her. But she also has a bunch of loyal players around her. Keith is now the player where she's going to be like, I'm going to give my word and vote somebody out. That wasn't Keith's game when he first played. So we get a chance to see. Jeremy's pretty much, Jeremy going to play to win. Fishback? I don't know where Fishback is going right now. <laughs> He's just playing. Um, but you've got a couple of solid people where once they give their word, their word is going to be bond. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how they, as they keep continue to go, will Terry be voted out when they actually lose? I'm curious
0: to see, but something that made me nervous for someone else was when Joe started going off about, oh, back on my season, everyone wanted me out because they saw, I, you know, they thought I was a threat. I wanted to be like, Joe, no, 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 shh, (laughs) shh, shh, what are you
1: doing? Yeah, I I feel like he was kind of jinxing himself there. But then also one thing that he said, he was like, yeah, I'm playing the game perfectly right now. And I was like, kind of (laughs) Dave's point, what have you been doing? You ain't been there. So whether his, point was, whether his point was, I'm just laying low, or from what I could gather from him saying that and looking back, is it more so the fact that he's been letting others, like, put themselves out there? Because I think you know for a fact he would have done the ski ball but he let Keith do it. He would have done the hero challenge, but he let Harry do it. So when he says he's, not, he's trying to mitigate his threat level does he mean by letting others take the spotlight so that it is, it isn't just him doing it all and he is spreading out the load? Cause I think that's what, from my perspective, anyway, that's what I would feel like he's referring to.
2: Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be, you don't, you don't have to, you got to know when to play and when not to play. You know, we, we've seen where um, people don't play in challenges. It's not because they, they're not good at the challenges. You just got to know when to play. And Joe, especially if you got a keep that goes up there and wins the challenge. Why would Joe have to do it at all? So you're not really worried. And if they do lose, Joe won't be the first person to vote it out because everybody's looking at, okay, if we have another challenge, and here's the thing about it is they have enough challenges under their belt to kind of understand what type of challenges could be coming ahead. So you kind of know who you want to keep and who you want to get rid of for challenge purposes. Now, personality purposes, we see where Abby just wants to gunslot everybody, Nobody's safe with Abby because Abby wants to tell everybody, you know, kick rocks. But we see where other players are really strategic in how they make the decisions on who to keep and who to get rid of. And we're going to see that when we we witness somebody else lose a challenge and how they come about who they want to vote out. Right.
0: Right. And I will also say in, reg- in response to Joe kind of reflecting on the game he played last time, I agree. I think his social game is doing very well. He's providing, he's friendly, he's doing, you know, all these things. I also agree that he is choosing the correct um, challenges to compete in. uh, And I think that's going to do really well for him. There's other people, you know, we we sort of see Keith talks about how um, the first time he played the thing that he missed out on was forming a solid group. Sierra says that forming this group and bringing it to merge is the way forward when we get into individual portion of the game. So we see a lot of reflection of ghosts from games past, I will say. And I thought this was a really cool moment.
1: Yeah, I I, I just agree, I have nothing to add to it. Yeah, it was a really nice moment.
0: Well, let's hop on over to um, Bayon and we see a nice little moment between Spencer and Jeremy when they go fishing together. And this was very sweet. I really liked how (laughs) Spencer sort of reflected on being, you know, thinking about how he was not going to be the sort of alpha personality, the provider of his tribe once he got cast on Survivor. And this time around, he wants to have that full survivor experience and do the things he thought he would never do on the show. And I thought this was a really nice moment.
1: Spencer and Jeremy were bonding in their bowl. That was all I could think of. <laughs> It's just, it was <laughs> such a bowl. And I was just like, All oh, they need some how water you, in there. They're having a
2: lovely yarn. How do you get in out of that bowl? I thought, cause you know, Joe was in that bowl with him before. That was Joe's bowl. It, it, you're right, Ali, it was funny. I was like, how do you get in there without falling out? And how do you actually fish in the bowl? But any, anyway.
1: But it, no, it wasn't really like, again, kind of like we, we spoke about it a little bit last time. It was those human moments where you're seeing not just their game growth, but their personal growth. And you did see that with Spencer, which was really like a nice thing to see for him. Yeah,
2: you and know, it's I, really nice. Oh yeah, sorry, Abe. I, I enjoy the edits where you get a chance to see them just be people. You know, it, it's, you know, we're gonna play the game, we're gonna do the challenges, we're gonna have the moments where we're fighting and all that kind of stuff. But I love the edits where they say, okay, just forget about all that. And let's just be people playing this game and and, and growing from this game. I don't care. Any, anybody that has ever played Survivor or any other reality show, if you don't grow from it and take something from it, you really kind of lost some of the experience of it.
0: That's what makes it so interesting for viewers, too. It's seeing these people as people in a situation where you as the viewer have to decide, are you going to react in the same way that the people you are watching are reacting and strategizing. Mm -hmm. And I thought that this was a really great moment for Jeremy as well, because it also, again, reiterated that Spencer, we haven't seen yet, right? They haven't voted, but what it seems like is Spencer is more likely to align with Jeremy and be a right-hand person for Jeremy too. So I think this is gonna be really interesting moving forward for Spencer's game, but also for Jeremy's. Shall we hop over to Angor?
2: Angry? Yeah, let's talk about about Angry. Let's talk about Angry.
0: (laughs) Angry, Tribe Angry, they win a tarp and they're celebrating that, that's all great. Uh, And we learn a little bit more about Wu and what is his motivation for playing this game, that being uh, the story of his mother's heart transplant. Um, and this was a really sweet moment. I'm glad we got to hear about it. Uh, and Tasha asked you know Wu about his mother, and he tells the story. But then Abby Maria seems to take the story in a different way. It's
1: one of those funny moments where, again, we saw a really nice humor moment with Wu and Tasha, and it was so sweet. And then Team TV Abby is like, no well what about my auntie and what about this and I just there was a part of me that chuckled but then there was also part of me that was like Abby it was just a sweet moment (laughs) it was it was just one of those we're just talking about family um no it was really touching but yeah when Abby then was like because I can't even remember what it was but it was like this was Woo's story and then here's Abby's story all the way over here I was like babes like just just If you can agree with it and you can add to it. Perfect. I was like, but then when she brought that game element of, well, um, what about my story? We can't just, we can't give him the view though. I was like, that's where you're going to lose people. You kind of saw her losing Tasha in that
2: instance. This is (laughs) so in the context of the game, because when you meet these people outside of the game, it's different from when you're looking at them in that particular little bubble. Within the bubble of the game, <laughs> Abby Petty is shit. <laughs> that is petty. You're doing something that you think may help you garner them to, to, for favor uh, in getting voted out or not getting voted out. But that's petty because Wu shared something that was emotionally something that impacted his life. And sometimes you just say, man, you know, this is great. This is, this is something we get to see about the person themselves. Abby more thought it was a, a, a strategy. How can I endear them to sentimental value? i don't when i play the game you could have gave me a sentimental story and i'd be like okay thanks i will think about it after the game because we're playing a game but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna belittle your feelings or be in a confessional and say oh yeah what what so i have sick people in my family that's not what we was doing it for we was actually just being honest and sharing part of his life so for me abby you petty so this episode she gets the award for the pettiness of the episode
0: I got the feeling that this the story maybe scared Abby a little bit because if Wu does pull, even whether Wu means it or doesn't intend it in this way, if Wu does, you know, find some way to relate to Tasha and Savage and they decide to go with him, even if empathy is at all involved there that leaves Abby on the outs. So I think that there was some fear with her there, even when she confronted Tasha and sort of tested the waters to see if Tasha was on the same page about it. it, I think Tasha really handled this well. Just sort of nodded along, kept going with it. Uh, At one point, it seemed like Tasha was going to alter a different perspective, but when Abby sort of doubled down on her thoughts, Tasha was just like, sure, yeah, right. Smile and nod, smile and nod.
2: really that's when you play the game of survivor you have to say it's not about me it's not about me just just when you when you're there and people talking to you sometimes you just got to be like it's not about me when my opportunity presents itself I'm going to vote your ass out but right now it's just not about me and it's just they're managing Abby because Abby is a good resource because Abby is loyal Abby's going to do what Abby's going to say she's going to do and she's not going to she's not going to differentiate from it which is great because you don't have to worry about her but like Tasha said you still have to worry about her you don't know what she's going to do next. And everybody you look into this point, even the people that target Abby should have said, you know what? I'm going to leave Abby over here and I'm just going to focus on somebody else because they wouldn't have got voted out. So we're looking at where Varna gets voted out. He helped Abby. But how did Varner get voted out? And he helped. Oh, Varna didn't want to vote Boo out. So, I mean, you just kind of see the dynamics of it. But sometimes we see just the game itself is petty at times. And this is one of those times where I say, you know, it's, it's just being petty. But it's great for viewers. It's great to see the pettiness. I don't, don't get me wrong with that. I'm here for Ollie, it. I'm, Ollie, <laughs> I'm not going to do anything for you guys. Uh, well, I'm here
1: for it. And
2: Matthew, we've got to vote him out because Ollie all about the pettiness. So we've got to vote him out.
1: <laughs> it <laughs> is such a good juxtaposition sometimes when, because again, I love seeing those human moments. It is so funny. But I'm also here for the petty people. Like, because again, my favorite player of all time <laughs> is Courtney Yates. So if if you know if you if anyone here knows who Courtney Yates is, I love a petty
2: comment. Here for it all the time. Hey Matthew, we got to vote him out there. We got to vote him out. <laughs> so we know we know he gonna start the pettiness. And him, him we know. If,
0: him. We know if Ollie starts calling Jeff Propes Jeffrey, it's time. It's time. Oh yeah, you got Oh, gotta go. All right, we're going to get into the immunity challenge right after we hear from our friends at Bracketology.
3: My name is Jonah Fielko, and I'm the CEO of Bracketology.tv, fantasy sports for reality television. We offer fantasy games for shows like The Bachelor, Survivor, Big Brother, RuPaul's Drag Race, and Counting. You start by creating a community. Within your community, you can create a fantasy league for each show that you want to play fantasy games for. Within the league, you can choose up to three of our four game types, and our most popular is the Advanced League. Choose a team of contestants and depending on what they do and say during the episode, that's how your team will gain or lose points each week. We also have elimination style games like our confidence pool. This is where you choose how confident you are that each contestant will survive elimination that week. And we've also got March Madness style brackets. Come back a couple hours after the episode to check your scores and watch you climb the leaderboard. Bracketology is free to play, so grab your friends, your family, your coworkers, and head to Bracketology.tv for more info.
0: All right, so now we're at the immunity challenge, and members from each tribe will take turns racing to the top of an obstacle course. Once they reach the top, they must launch a sandbag using a slingshot at various targets. First two tribes to hit all of their targets win immunity. And we find out that Joe's tribe did this last season? And guess what? They lost They're the lost. challenge that season. Uh, question: Do we think that the reuse of challenges from past seasons is storytelling or budgetary restrictions, or both?
1: I want to. I want to say for this specific season, it's storytelling because again, you see, we've. It's been Joan now. It's been Sierra. There was one for Wigglesworth. Cass, um cast. And Spencer, like that, you have seen the theme. So I would say it's more storytelling because again, it gives that second chance element, which I appreciate.
2: Well, I got yeah, I'm with Ollie because here's the thing about it is all those actual uh, challenges came from different parts of the world. So none of them was like in Cambodia. So you, you're talking about recreating something that you might have done in China, you know, where you may have had all the tools and everything else, like um for Fiji it's hard to get stuff in because Fiji is so far from mainland and you got to bring stuff into an island so I like the storytelling part because you get to call out a player that had done the challenge but didn't it wasn't successful I like to call that messy Jeff 6.0 I'm gonna get some more messiness in um and I think it's great because he's never called a challenge where. so I think a few people have they anybody won any challenge that they're redoing or everybody's had it just kind of lost everything not that they've awesome. mentioned, unless
0: you count Wu, whose tribe technically won the challenge that uh, Cass, Tasha, and Spencer lost.
2: Yeah, so that's, that's called Messy GF 6.0. So I love these challenges, and they're not easy challenges, but this one is in particular is a good challenge because no one person can dominate the challenge.
0: Yeah, that's true. And you're right, you're right. I love that call out to these challenges have been done in different times of survivor in different countries in different regions so art department definitely had to see what was done in places that they could recreate those in their in their place there and speaking of production did anyone else notice like the the flags that would pop up when the targets would get hit i thought that was the coolest thing but it made me wonder do we think that any of the dream teamers were just like standing behind there. And then like when they would hit the target, they would just be
2: like, you know, um, that, 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 you know what, you know, I noticed it I noticed the colors of this particular yeah. episode, just the, just the, the boldness of the colors that were used in the episode for the different things. Um, that's a good one, Matthew. That's a good one. Well, Abe, it, it can you actually
0: it. describe what the dream teamers are for anyone who might not know?
2: So for the Dream Teamers are, in essence, they're us. They're the actual cast members that they go out there and they actually run through all these challenges to make sure they're safe. Make sure you can actually perform the challenge. Make sure it can be something that somebody won't intentionally get hurt on. um, And they exercise all the stuff we do before we do it. So when they when by the time we get to it, they'd be like, okay, we know it can be done because the Dream Teamers have already successfully done it. So that's always an interesting thing. And if you want to be a part of the Dream Team, it's actually an application out there. You just go online and you fill out to be a part of the Dream Team. It's a great opportunity because you get a chance, one, to see the world. Uh, short story, short, quick story. Um, my, my guy that was on my season, he was a part of the, I called them the watchers, but they're the people that help us get through uh, the first, the week of interviews and stuff we have to do. Keith, Keith was originally called by a friend to come out and be a part of, uh, I think, some, uh, Samoa. And he came out as a Dream Team member. And he ends up going through the process and then he ends up doing different stuff with Survivor. But he initially got started with Survivor as one of the Dream Team members. Uh, so I, I challenge anybody, if you want to be a part of this environment, and they, the people that make up Survivor for the production team are global. You got people from every country that still come back to put on the show called Survivor uh, for the U.S. part. I mean, our doctors were Australian. Um, the people from Africa couldn't come because of the pandemic at the time. But you have staffers from Africa. You got staffers from different countries that come in to form what Survivor is now. So it's a great opportunity to be a part of this whole thing. I, you know what? If I didn't play, I would definitely want to be a part of the Dream Team part. And I met a Dream Teamer one time. I mean, it's, it's...
0: you want to do it, Ollie? No, I'll
1: do it. If
0: I can't get on Survivor, I'll
2: do the Dream Team. Oh yeah! Oh, <laughs> because <laughs> What'd you say? They they get to and here's the kind of stuff. If you become a member, that you get to ask us questions about the Dream Teamers are there with us the whole season. They're there the whole time, so you get a chance to. We never interact with them, but as a Dream Team member, you're there. You're part of this whole process. You get a chance to. If you want to get into film, if you want to get into uh, cinematography. If you want to get into hosting, you're there. You get a chance to do OJ on-the-job training with the greatest group of people. So I definitely believe get on out there and and test it out.
0: Yeah. If 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 you're not if you love the show Survivor and you don't want to be a castaway on it, I think that's another great option if you want to be in that world. So we see this go. To be determined if there were dream teamers behind the targets waving their flags when they would hit. I would love if that yeah. was the case, and then they add the sound effect in later. Um, but we see a couple of things happen. It's there's not a lot that goes on during this. Um, but one thing that I really wanted to point out was that Steven helped Angor <laughs> win by hitting one of their targets, and it counts. It counts.
1: Oh, god! That was so funny. Literally, it was. It was just that, and this is the thing. We're watching it from an angle where we should be able to tell that he's about to hit anchor targets. I watched him pull that and I was like, that's going left. And then it didn't. I was like, oh, Steve. I forgot about that. But oh my God, Steve and Fishbowl. So funny. But this is an interesting thing, though, I did want to point out with Bion because they sat out Jeremy. Now, from my perspective, when I looked at this challenge, I was like, okay, there has to be some strengths with, her because that's not easy to do. I've, I've ha- pulled something like that before, like a, something similar. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to do. So, no shade. I, I Again, I don't hate Kimmy, but when I w- looked at this challenge, when I looked at Bayon, I was like, the two perfect people to sit out were Kimmy and Monica, because they were, strength-wise, the weakest. Again, no shade, Kimmy. Love you, really. But, I would have
2: just personally, I'd have been like Jeremy, do this challenge. It's, it's, you'll be stronger at it. But well, Ali, we gotta, we gotta go back now. We gotta go back. If you sit Jeremy, if you don't sit him out this one, you may have to mm. sit him out the next one. And if he sits out, you know he can compete on the next one. So mm. everything has a level of strategy to it. Now, I want to give a shout out to Kimmy because she did hit her target. I should. So did I, she? I, I, you know, yeah, did she hit her she? target. She first time. You gotta go back and look at the episode. She she, she hit she hit her it. target. And, and that's the thing about it is you just never know who's gonna perform at what. Um, but it's the whole strategy of the game is if you don't sit Jeremy, and here's here's what happens. if one tribe keeps losing, it also impacts the other tribes on who they got to sit out. Cause you're like, Do I sit these people out this time? When I because if you if Jeremy and Joe are your top two players and the other tribe has to say, you have to sit out three and they're in the three you know, you got to play chess. When do I sit them out? So it's it's the whole game is crazy because you always got to be thinking ahead. Uh, Jeremy sitting out this time is going to help us if he has to sit out or if we have to sit someone else out. Now, what you didn't count on is fishback hitting somebody else's target. <laughs> I loved it. Now, I also Would you, love would you way... vote him out for that? That's the question.
0: Uh, maybe. It, it depends. I feel like if we were on old buy-on and oh, that no, 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 no. happened, yes. Steven would have been first to go, absolutely no question about it in my mind. But now we see that Jeremy is sort of relying on Steven as a number for him. So it's a little more cloudy. Um, As we know, Bayon ends up losing immunity. Uh, Angor and Takeo win. And we hear a couple of things on the mat. Um, Basically, a lot of the questions go to Monica, actually, which is, you know, Monica sort of says that there's nothing wrong with going to tribal council. It's where you get to see where everyone lies. Little does she know. Um, Spencer also then acknowledges that he and Kelly Wigglesworth who did very well in this challenge. I'll also add Kelly Wiggles hit some targets. Um, They're at risk for going home. And he hopes that the relationships he has spent time forming are enough to save him. So we go back to camp. Uh and a couple you know a couple of things happened but basically we know that Jeremy, Steven and Monica all agree to vote for Wiggles and I love how Jeremy did this where he was like if there's a gun to your head who are you voting out Wiggles okay <laughs> great. we're doing Wiggles <laughs> it was great strategy just get them to say a name quickly
2: I will say at that time Monica was safe Monica had no worries they were going to go with Kelly that vote was submitted. Monica wrecked her own opportunity. I,
1: I have mm, mm. Oh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so no, um, I do agree though. Like during that, but what Jeremy did was really smart because at the end of the day, they all went, What do we want to do? Let's do this. Um, and I do agree that when you look at Spencer and um, Wigglesworth. Spencer is the smarter choice to keep because right now Spencer needs them, like need those, those people. Kelly, she can kind of, she could survive and she could go back to allies. And I think that's where they were looking at it, which I agree with. Now when I, and, and also Spencer deciding not to strategize was a good thing. Now, when we talk about Monica, because obviously we know it was Monica and Kimmy were just having a conversation and all Monica did was just suggest to Kimmy, would we prefer to see Kelly stay just to keep the girls numbers up? Like, what do you think? Kimmy said no. Monica went, okay, that's fine. It was just a suggestion. That's fine. And then Kimmy Walks all the way over to everyone and starts over dramatizing this, being over emotional. And I just watched it and I was like, Monica didn't tank her own game. Kimmy just was over dramatic with the situation. I mean, But again, didn't Kelly we don't do the same thing?
2: You. Yeah, but uh, didn't Kelly do the same thing to, to Terry?
0: Wentworth.
2: Yeah, she, she was tanking Terry left and right. She And she said in her own confession, I'm going to basically drive the bus right. over here.
0: I think there's, there's, the thing for me is was kimmy all was monica always kimmy's number one person to get out if so then good on kimmy right if that is your target yeah. and that's what you want to do good um i think it was to the clams
2: and it went into the clams that she even we even saw that they even had a disagreement yeah.
0: i agree i think it was totally about monica just sort of being annoying to kimmy
1: yeah and that was the thing. Like, Mo, like Kimmy was going. This is this was my main thing about Kimmy was like, she's a snake. We need to get her out. She's doing this. She's a snake. But then, if Monica has gone to Kimmy with this information and been like, "It's just a suggestion," like, why not? Kimmy's then pretty much snaked Monica because she's gone straight to Stephen and Jeremy and been like, "Here's what's gone on. Let's vote her out instead." And again, I'm just going to go with this. Kimmy's reasons we're going to go with the snake thing and she's the wild card and all this. Kimmy had personal reasons. She just didn't like Monica and would prefer to see Monica go from a social, from her own personal social standpoint. So for me, I feel like it was Kimmy was kind of the pot calling the kettle black in the sense of this person's a snake, but then you're doing snakey stuff as well. Yeah, I'm going to
2: throw throw Matthew on the bus just like that. Hey. That's the game of survivor. I'll wait, I'll play out last.
0: I left the clams. I left the clams in the water, Abe. Okay. I did it for you. Um, don't we,
2: we done lost. We done lost. We gotta vote you out. <laughs> go
0: back now. Hey, I won't go out begging, though. I promise you that. Uh, I will say that I do think it was the right call for Jeremy and Spencer to vote Monica out when the the evidence was given, right? Because even, you're right, Ollie, Monica was was just testing the waters with the idea. It wasn't a, I wanna do this, 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 and this. It really more came across as, hey, between Spencer and Wigglesworth, maybe we should get rid of Spencer to keep Wigglesworth in, you know, to keep our numbers strong. Yeah. But because we also know from Monica's confessionals that she is planning an all women's alliance, I do think it was right for Jeremy and Stephen to sort of get that done yeah. out of a way with because it it was true, truly her strategy. So yeah. I'll say good on them. No, and also,
1: but I will give credit to Stephen because when those three were all kind of talking, like Stephen was kind of the logical one. He wasn't just straight away being like, okay, then let's go and get rid of Monica. He was the one that's like, Let's look at this, though, because what would the message be if we vote out a buy-on? Because right now, the buy yeah. and strong. So I do appreciate Stephen for at least kind of playing Deadpool's advocate in that sense, because he was dealing with a very emotional Kimmy. So I, I did appreciate that part of Stephen. And it made me appreciate seeing, because you saw how he was at the start of the season, where he was very skittish and very like oh we've got to do this and then you kind of see this more calmer side of Stephen which I really did appreciate like he was no longer a fish back out of water he he was starting to be in his element like I really did appreciate it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So the fish back out of water okay
0: and I I mean
2: we we saw the chaos of when you have to go and when you have to start voting now we see what it looks like when you got to actually start playing. Because up until then, they were having a great time. They were winning. There's no pressure. The pressure is not there yet. Now you got to say, what do we send to the remaining buy Once we make it the merge, why did you vote her out? And they, and they got to answer for that. There's going to be a time when they're going to be like, hey, why would you vote her out? And some people are going to be like, well, I would have went with her if she did an all-girl alliance because I'm another young lady. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out as we go through the season.
0: And. Honestly, the thing I was thinking about when Steven said, you know, what does this look like when we re-meet with the original Bion tribe? I'm just blame Kimmy. I just just blame Kimmy for for (laughs) that, you know, making it an impossible choice that they had to go along with it. it. It seems like a very obvious solution to that issue of what it looks like. So let's go to tribal council. Um, we see a lot more of the same kind of talk that we've gotten at the the beach already. Some things I do want to talk about, Ali, you talked about Spencer sort of downplaying his anxiousness. I loved that. I, you know, Spencer's really grown on me as a player and I think watching him be like, I know that I can come across this way. I know that if I do come across this way, the target will move on to me. So I'm just going to, he, he knows that he needs whoever he is working working with to feel like they are trusted by him and I think that that was great that he sort of took his foot off the gas even though he was called out by probes for being that type of player.
1: Yeah I was about to say that was that isn't that was going back to a messy Jeffrey he literally (laughs) when he was talking about (laughs) Kelly and Spencer he was like Kelly's this old school player like she she values the challenges and all that and Again, it was that old school, new school debate, and then he literally shades Spencer and goes, "You're the epitome of new school, which is strategy, strategy, strategy." If I was Spencer, I would have been like, "Again, like what, Jeffrey? Messy Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey, what he's been messing? Um, no, but I agree. Like, I. But also that exchange, I think Spencer did a really good job of again downplaying and proving that he had learnt from his past mistakes." So that tribal, I think it was a very good tribal for Spencer because he just knew he just needed to keep his mouth shut and he just needed to lay low. That's all he needed to do. And I think he did that really well on tribal.
2: Now, if if you become a member and join us, here's some of the little tidbits you'll get behind the scenes. When we're going to tribal, we don't get to pick our seats. (laughs) It is crazy. We just don't get to sit where we want to sit at. They literally say, you're going to sit here, 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 and here. Because think about it, if I could sit where I really wanted to sit, I'm sitting by somebody that I'm probably aligned with. And most of us are trying to hide from Jeff because we don't want to question. We don't want to expose ourselves in tribal, but not messy Jeff. Messy Jeff is coming for you, especially if he's already seen the footage of what's coming. He's coming for you.
1: Okay. I will say when, when they were asking the questions, there was one question I did. I did notice that I found, found was really funny. He asked an emotions question, and I think it was to fish back. I think he he asked a question about emotions and all this. I was sat there like, if you wanted the funniest answer or the most ironic answer, you should have asked Kimmy. An emotions oh. question, it should have been to Kimmy, because Kimmy totally. would have been. Like, yeah, we're all we deciding our emotions. We're doing we're separating all this. I would have been like, Kimmy girl. <laughs> Stop
0: it, line! Stop it, line! <laughs> I did like Stephen's answer to that question though. He kind of said like emotions are the gateway to strategy in a Mm -hmm. sense. And I feel like that's been a very true theme that I hadn't sort of picked up on before or I hadn't been able to vocalize with even the past episodes that we've seen this season. You know, with players like Abby, now we see Kimmy using emotions as a way to guide their strategy for better or for worse. We don't know how it's gonna play out um, maybe you two know, but I don't know how it's going to play out for these people moving forward. Um, I also thought that it's funny. Monica's questions were like, "Is the boat locked? Do you feel comfortable? Are you surviving?" And <laughs> I felt like Jeff was very much a part of this blindside in his own way.
2: He did, <laughs> messy Jeff. I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly how Jeff comes up with his questions, but they do seem like they're leading in a certain direction. And it's like, let me put this player on the pedestal of, you know, we're about to vote you out. But he doesn't know who's going to get voted out. They don't have that footage yet. So that's really what what you see is really what happens. And they just edit it and make it looks like what it looks like. But they don't know who until we actually vote. It is funny how everybody goes to the confessional and they whisper like the people are that close. They're really not that close to you. So you don't really have to whisper. But it's like. No, I'm gonna vote this person. Here's the reason why. You like, you can speak regular because they're just right there. They're not that close,
1: unless you're wrestling Gabon. bone. Oh yeah, yeah, Russell just
0: off the
1: Well, there's a. Have you seen that?
0: I haven't, but I do love when oh. players. Um, what was it? I think Wendell. His season. I think Ghost. Was he on Ghost Island, Wendell? He was on Ghost Island. I think at the voting booth at one point he explicitly like. Very clearly, out loud, purposefully. Um, I think that's the guy he called a bad rapper. Um, Sorry, Chris thank you. While voting, and I thought that was hilarious. And I love when players do it. So I hope that more players are that have the nerve to do something like that moving forward. But you're right; it's funny that they all whisper.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's not that funny. <laughs> it's like we're literally—you have enough space just to talk in your normal voice. Now, <laughs> Wendell might have elevated his voice for that one, but they're not. We're not that close. We're close, but we're not that close.
0: So we get a three to one vote, and this was very sad for Ollie, but very funny as a viewer, I will say. Oh, yeah. um, you Monica's face when she sees her name pulled out once, then when she turns, when her, her name's pulled out twice, to when she it is revealed she's going home. It is one of maybe my favorite reactions to a vote to a blindside that i've seen on survivor oh they truly blindsided her because but
1: then you also saw their reactions where you kind of saw fist back and um clearly kimmy were just smirking being like we did this and it's like they didn't hide it they didn't hide the fact they blindsided her and she was just turning around being like really guys if i was her they would have been called out but she handled it with grace
2: yeah, it's it's <laughs> this is the blind side. I know what it feels like. Um, huh. You you go from voting straight to the confessional, and in your mind, you want to you may want to say some choice things on your confessional, but but you also remember it's always gonna be submitted in history what you about to say. <laughs> so you have a split second to decide on how you want to be looked at. Um, and I thought Monica handled it well. Um, very appreciative of the fact that she got a second chance to play again. She, and like she said, I wish I have played longer. Uh, but the vote was her true reaction, how she felt. Because she was like, you mothers, I know y'all didn't vote for me. But in her confessional, she was really like, hey, I was great for the chance. I had a second chance to come play again. But you're right, Matthew. When you look at her, that is what she's truly feeling about, how they treated her for that vote.
0: Yeah, I like that she didn't try to hide it. She 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 was genuinely very vulnerable in the moment. I you know there are some people that maybe subconsciously you try to play it off of. Oh, I knew it was coming this entire time. But I like that it was a genuine surprise. Uh, and okay. I wish I do wish that we got to see a little bit more of Monica. But it goes back to that thing that I was worried about last time when she started talking about forming an all women's alliance. Was I haven't seen her do much of the work to start even, you know, like forming those numbers. And even, you know, Kimmy, this episode even said like, I don't know where this sort of alliance idea came from, Um, but it's very sudden. So it's unfortunate. Ollie, I'm so sorry to see one of your favorites go. I just want to
1: say this, if Monica is watching, love you. But no, um, I, I was really sad for Monica because this was the thing. I know she didn't really get much of the representation this season. I will say I looked back on confessionals and I do believe she got a confessional every time, except for like one episode, I think. She was all, she always had one confessional. Um, but I think she was, she. Usually, I know when it came to second chances, she was kind of the biggest shock for everyone. Not for me because I voted for her. But I know that for a lot of people, she was such a surprise to be on the cast. But when you look back at her season on Samoa, I can see exactly why she got brought back for a second chance. And I think she is such an underrated player because she isn't the person that's going to make all the big flashy things like you see nowadays. She is one of those people that is like, let me look, let me observe and let me do all of this subtle thing like she did in Samoa. And yeah, I think she is a very underrated player and Monica was robbed in my
0: opinion. And Monica, if, if you see this, at me, love you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on the show, Monica. Uh, Monica got three votes. She got think, Kimmy, Jeremy, I've and Steven. Monica. You think so? If you've met Monica, please
1: make she me She lives in hard. Queens.
2: <laughs> She's still in Queens, probably. Oh, it's, it's, awesome. Look, we meet a lot of different people sometimes and sometimes I forget. I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> We'll see. We'll reach out to her.
0: Um, She gets voted by her original Bion tribe members. Then we see that Monica actually did vote for Kelly Wigglesworth. She thought the vote was going there. Spencer also voted for Kelly Wigglesworth. So he was left out. And the only vote for Spencer was from Wiggles. So I have two questions for you. One, do we think Spencer is feeling any sort of betrayal from Jeremy for
2: not including him in this vote? I don't think so. here's the thing about it is Spencer had to vote for Kelly. There was no other person he could have voted for. If he'd have voted for anybody other than Kelly, it would have sent a message to to Fishback and Jeremy that, wait a minute, where's he doing? So he had to cancel out the vote that she was going to vote for him because she was he was the most logical vote. So they vote their vote just canceled each other out. And again, you never know if what was said to you is the truth. You only can go with what you know is going to help you out. And voting for each other was the only thing helped those two out. Monica was the only person that didn't know because she voted for Kelly. Yeah,
1: I think I don't honestly, I don't think Spencer would be upset about it because at the end of the day, he's still there. And they had his back because when he looks at the votes, if he knows that, okay the votes were going to Kelly anyway, he knows that they weren't targeting him. So I think. I think Spencer will be fine with it. He'll be like, thank you. Let's hope we can work together moving forward. That's what I think he'll do.
0: That's true. And how do we see original Bion reacting to Monica being gone?
2: I feel like it depends well, they, on the person. Yeah. I think, they, I think they thought Monica was going to try to set up an all girl alliance, which didn't align with what they were trying to get done. And here's a, to me, Monica overplayed herself at the wrong time. I think she had a good idea for the all-girls alliance, but when you're dealing with smaller tribes and you're saying, you know what, I need to make it to the next phase of Survivor before I can do certain things, you have a better chance of getting there. Has she just said, "Okay, I'm with you, gentlemen. I'm with this other team, Buy on We're going to stick together, and I'm just going to play"? It would have been one of the two people that came in, and we've seen the same thing when we see fish—not uh, fishback—but we see. Um, uh, Tasha and uh Savage. Savage. They came into the tribe and took over and got the votes they needed in order to stay and the same thing is going on here where somebody that was a part of the original tribe is getting voted out because they were already trying to set up something.
0: I'm very excited to see how we move on from here especially after having uh this Epic Blindside. We are going to be back next week for episode six. Thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time. Next time